You're listening to the Real Estate Insider Podcast. A bold look at reality, news, analysis, strategies, and opinions. Direct from the veteran team at the Rain Research Institute. With today's host, real estate strategist, Russell Westcott. Good morning, Rain Result Seekers. Welcome to weekly call number 28. Just think, almost seven months of starting your week off in the right direction. Congratulations to all RAIN partners who have not missed any of the calls. Your commitment to your community and yourself speaks volume to who you are as a person. To keep that momentum going, it gives great pleasure to welcome to the call Mr. Richard Dolan. Good morning, Rich. Hey, good morning there, Russ, and how are you? I'm wonderful. Big week ahead, isn't it? I know. You've got, uh, we've got a real string of major events coming up between Edmonton Acre and the Vancouver Acre. I know that uh, between you and the design team, that this acre will be uh, unlike any other. Uh, it is absolutely going to be top-notch, fresh out of the can, a completely different experience. If you've been to an acre before, it is going to be a completely different experience. Well, I think I might be a little bit self-serving here because i got to tell you, I'm going to be really happy to be emceeing the next two acres, uh, given my perspective as a real estate investor and given that I'm an absolute ferocious student. I'm going to be compartmentalizing a lot of what everyone's going to be doing over the next uh, few acres. And so I'm looking forward to being able to sort of chunk down everything that everyone's going to be teaching and everything that everyone's going to be saying and being able to deliver to people in digestible pieces. Because I've always found that the acres are somewhat and sometimes very overwhelming. Uh, And by design, because real estate's not an easy game. So I definitely encourage anyone who has been to, whether it's one acre, a few acres, or all the acres, this particular upcoming acre, both in Edmonton and Vancouver, will be different. And I even was given a little bit of a hint about a, the big-name presenter that we have, Keynote, in Vancouver. Mm, well, you know, and I think there might be additional surprises, so we'll have to keep our fingers crossed and hope it all goes well. Yes, absolutely. Well, What do you have in store for us today, Rich? Well, you know, it's interesting. Russell, as you know, we've been able to debrief after especially having completed mastery in some parts of the country, and some parts of the country have yet to even get through modules five and six. And I'm having a lot of conversations with members, partners, coast to coast, uh, talking a bit about, you know, where they feel they are, where they feel they're heading, and a bit of their uh, distaste, if it were, their detachment, if it were, their uh, disalignment, if it were, with the future. And, you know, a lot of that could be added to the fact that perhaps we don't know where real estate values are going, and perhaps we don't quite understand the real estate fundamentals at play or how to make sense of them or head or tails of uh, boom, bust, and echo. Uh, But without that all being said, what we do know is one thing, and that is that we are all truly in control of our own destiny. And for this week, that is a theme of my call, my call on destiny. You know, it's been said that we don't believe what we see, we see what we believe. You know, having a control of destiny is this total conviction that you're in charge of your own life. You know, I'd call it immunization against depression and despair. You know, it's the attitude with which you accept those things that you cannot influence. Investing all your energy in doing what's uniquely right for you, achieved through trial and error, your strongest source of personal power. It's the process uh, by which you use each personal win to prepare you for the next unprecedented crisis. Uh, It's the aura of control and confidence, which acts as a magnet to others. And I'd have to say it's a personal code of conduct that sustains you in the tough moments and ensures you consistently deliver excellence. And I think if we were to just really summarize it into one real true sentence, it's the celebration 
of the struggle. So what we know is that being able to embrace your destiny, and this is not just about your real estate investment portfolio. This is not just about your first door, your next door, your hundredth door. This is about the human being you get to become as a result of playing this game called real estate. It's the person you get to become and are looked to. It's the father or the mother uh, imprinted into the minds of your children or grandchildren that you leave. It's the legacy you live and leave. You know, control of your destiny is a little bit bigger than just making dollars and cents out of this thing called real estate. You know, I was reading over the weekend uh, as we were heading into the celebration for my son's birthday, and uh, I recall it was a Chinese fairy tale from Outer Mongolia. You know, and it begins like all other fairy tales, right? Once upon a time, there was a humble shepherd who discovered an abandoned foal one day while he was tending his flock. And gently and carefully, the story went on, he lifted the foal and took it home where he nurtured and raised it like a brother. Now, of course, we can already tell where this is going to happen, right, in the fairy tale. But the boy and the horse, uh, you should know, you know, grew pretty close. As they both grew, the youth and the stallion became as one. And then the king, uh, who stages the biggest horse race in the land, he offered his daughter's hand in marriage to the man who wins this big horse race. Well, of course, as you would probably tell, the boy entered and won. Now, so far, it's the classic Western fairy tale, right? But, but here, there's a sharp and, 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 well, clanging change because the Chinese don't think the way the Westerners think. So when the boy comes to the king to claim his prize, the daughter's hand in marriage, the king screams at the boy, Are you mad? You know, how dare you assume I could ever give my daughter to a mere shepherd? You know, you don't know her taste. You don't know how she lives. You can never, ever have this woman as your wife. So all the noblemen and princes immediately chase this poor kid away in anger, hurling insults and shooting arrows at him as he flees. Now, the arrows miss the boy, but the horse is pierced a dozen times. And when they get back to his cottage, this horse, of course, dies. Now, if this was a Western fairy tale, we all know exactly what would happen, right? Good would prevail over evil. The boy would get what is rightfully his. Uh, he would have the king's daughter. Justice would win the day. The king would be punished. The noblemen and the princes who abused and cheated the boy would get their, uh, you know, their punishment. Uh, but is that how life really works? Not really, right? So that night, though, in the story, as the boy drifts into sleep, exhausted, heartbroken, the horse comes to him in a dream. And the horse says to him, before you bury me tomorrow, take my bones and sinews and make a harp to comfort yourself. Now, the horse goes on to describe in great detail which bones and sinews are to be selected and how the harp should be made. But finally, in a farewell, the horse says to the boy, whenever you play this harp, you will be soothed and comforted, and so will everyone who hears you. Now, what's the meaning of this fairy tale? Well, here it comes. If you're making note, make note now. We all have a choice. We can either get bitter or we can get better. It's entirely our call. When life seems unfair, when injustice seems to have prevailed, we can choose to obsess on how we won the race and didn't win the prize. We can choose to blame and punish all those people who we think betrayed us. Or we can accept that we've just had a date with destiny, that we've just been through an experience that was waiting to happen. You see, life is about crisis. Some are big and some are small, but it's your ability to resolve them that ultimately determines whether you live at your most extraordinary best or not. And the more successful, by the way, that you become, the more crisis you'll have. You know, in the dictionary, the Oxford Dictionary defines crisis as a decisive moment, a turning point. So by definition, therefore, a life of great adventure, achievement, and growth is destined to be filled with crisis. So you've got to savor them. Know that crises are merely milestones along the path of destiny. Because you control your destiny by the way in which you handle each crisis.
So control of destiny is the greatest antidote to anxiety. Now, if control of destiny is the greatest antidote to anxiety, well, that then becomes the catalyst to being your extraordinary best, the most powerful. It's control of destiny that immunizes you against depression and despair. You see, if you believe that you're in control of your own destiny, you automatically take personal responsibility for everything that happens to you. You hold yourself uh, accountable to yourself. You're autonomous, if it were. You know that happiness is an inside job. While you can't always get the weather you like, you can always like the weather you get. You know that you can influence all the most important things in your life, including the attitude with which you accept those things which you cannot influence. Therefore, by controlling your attitude of acceptance, that's right, attitude of acceptance, you control your response. And, and by controlling your response, you control your own well-being. Now, does that make sense to you? You know, it makes a lot of sense to me. You know, let me take it a little bit further. You have a destiny to fulfill, right? And so do the other, you know, almost 7 billion human beings on this planet. And if you discern your destiny, decide to pursue it and then live it, you will be happy because you'll be living your life. You'll be investing all your energy in doing what's uniquely right for you. Now, on the other hand, if you are continually comparing yourself to others, you can never be happy. And you want to know why? Because every person in the world is better than someone else and not as good as someone else. And someone is always going to be better than you, smarter than you, faster than you, and richer than you. Well, how do I know? My dad said so. <laughs> if you judge yourself because you are not keeping pace with another person, you are destined for some extreme pain, some letdown. Now, I know. I talk from experience. Even today, I, I, you know, I'm pretty happy because I'm benchmarking myself against a single person, me. Am I being true to me? Am I growing into myself or am I avoiding myself? Am I being an authentic man, an authentic father? Or am I trying to be someone else? So now when I meet people who may be better than I am in a range of endeavors, and I've got to tell you, I meet a lot because these people have gotten a lot more money, a lot more famous, a lot more uh, fame, and a lot more stature. And this happens a lot because they tour with a lot of different people. But I can tell you, I can observe them with minimal envy and marvel at their talents. I love being in their presence because they, they, they help me take myself into the next level. You know, I want to be with them, but I don't want to be them. You know, need not look too, too far. I, I look at Russell, for example, hosting this great call, the incredible architect to much of Arrain's archives and the collaterals and presentations and materials and workshops. And in the time that we've worked together, I've noticed that his game, his style, his presentation, the way in which he carries himself and, in fact, perseveres our presentations and the design time it takes for us to get there has gotten better, tighter, brighter, sharper. Why? Because I raised the benchmark. And why am I raising the benchmark for him? Because I'm having others raise it for me. So we either become the person we think we are or we become the company we keep. You see, control of destiny comes to those who are clear about what they want. So let me ask you right now, do you know exactly what it is you really want in your life? Heck, even if you want to talk about real estate, what do you want from it, really? In the Rain Mastery program, all I've been asking everybody, why are you here? Why have you come? Why are you a member? Do you know the specific outcomes that you want to achieve? Do you know uh, the kind of person that you want to become? Now, if you've answered yes to these questions, then the next question is, are you taking action to realize your destiny? And again, if your answer is yes, the next question is, are you acting with total passion and commitment? 
So I want you to remember these uh, you know, 13 words, I think it were. Uh, if you sit, just sit. If you stand, just stand, but don't wobble. If you sit, just sit. If you stand, just stand, but don't wobble. If you want control of your destiny, then you need to walk and talk and act as if you are on your way to rendezvous with destiny. People in control of their destiny have a congruence about them. They are uh, um, consistent. They are not, uh, you know, uh, with mind wandering. They are deliberate. There is no hesitation in their operating style. Like, observe the people around you who are in control of destiny. Just, 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 just try today. Watch the purpose that informs their behavior every day. It's the purpose that comes from not only knowing their destiny, but living it in advance. Their control of destiny guides every action because every action is an irrevocable cause set in motion. I'm going to say that one more time. Their control of destiny guides their every action because every action is an irrevocable cause set in motion. So if you want control of destiny, there is no such thing as an unimportant moment, you know, a meeting or conversation. Everything leads to everything else. Everything. Now, I know what you may be thinking right now. How do I know who I should be and how I should act or what I should become? Well, just look skyward and ask these questions. Who am I really? How should I act? What should I become? Like, just asking these questions with a genuine desire to know the answers will lead to self-discoveries. This kind of question is more than a question. It's an invocation. Do you know what invocation is, by the way? It's, it's, it's an appeal to a supernatural being. So ask and you'll receive. Secondly, trust your inner voice. If it feels right, it may be right. But if it feels wrong, walk away. Control of destiny is achieved through trial and error. There are no shortcuts because no one else knows what's right for you but you. And the only wasted efforts are those that you've failed to learn from. It may take the next week, the next month, or the next year to discover your destiny. But once you do, take control of it. It will be your strongest source of personal power. Now, I know I usually intervene in people's lives during the most intense moments in them. They approach me either uh, at our seminars, workshops, and such, and when they're going through a crisis or when they're faced with major challenges. But what fascinates me is to how two people who have the same culture, resources, gender, age, education, and even occupation can so differently in the tough moments uh, react so differently. In a heartbeat, one person will break down, but the other will, in fact, rise. They seize the moment. They step up and become the best they can be. Why? Because I believe that in that moment, it's not a rationale. It's not a conscious strength which empowers a person's behavior. Rather, it's an instinctive sense that he or she is bigger than the circumstances. It's an instinctive sense that he or she is bigger than that circumstance. It's a deep-rooted conviction that he or she can handle not only that crisis, but anything his higher power decides to give him. Once he or she, you, assume that basic mental posture, that you are freed up to leverage any other of the tools at your disposal. You know, it's been said that he knows that it's not what happens to him that determines success. It's how he handles it. So the truth of the matter is for you in this particular conversation is you've got to apply control of destiny conditioning. Controlling of the destiny is, a, is, a, is an extraordinary best practice that builds strength over time. Like any other practice, control of destiny requires constant deposits of small and large triumphs before it becomes instinctual. You know, so from now on and for this week, what I want you to do is every time you succeed at challenging uh, yourself or a challenging task, 
or achieve an extraordinary result, no matter how small or big in the extreme situation, take time to register the achievement at the deepest level. Stop and say thanks. Imprint your personal power on your soul. Burn it. Sear it in there. Then take regular moments to recollect and celebrate your authority. It's called control of destiny and its conditioning. The process by which you use each personal win to prepare yourself for the next unprecedented crisis. So do you know why so few people really, really, really live an extraordinary life? Because most of us suffer from instant amnesia in the really, really tough moments. Like most of us forget our moments of magnificence, probably because we didn't consider them to be magnificent in the first place. We just called it, ooh, I survived. I see it all the time. I see people doubting themselves when they uh, have come through uh, far tougher challenges in their past. They fail to remember all the times they've surmounted the obstacles and governed by forces beyond their individual control uh, and that these forces are uh, you know, uh, conspiring against them. Often they waver between fatalism and paranoia. You know, they, they have a sense that they are losing control of their lives to these forces, that they are barely keeping their heads above water. But have you noticed how many people will do anything for others? But when it comes to doing things for themselves, they are resigned. I'm not suggesting that you focus only on achieving your own extraordinary best. I'm, I'm, I'm suggesting that you invest in one resource that has the power to help you help so many other people. Your control of the world around you based on your attitude towards it. So try this for this week. At any particular time, I want you to sit down and think for about 10 minutes. Think about those moments when you were spectacular. I mean, think about when you exceeded not only your own expectations, but the expectations of all the people around you. Think about your victories. Think about your courageous action. Think about when you did the impossible. You did the unthinkable. Think about when you helped other people do the impossible. Think about when you made yourself and your loved ones proud. Think about when you felt really outstanding. Think about when you absolutely refused to quit. Think about when you faced down the odds and you won. Think deeply. Think about all those moments, big or small, and make this then a daily ritual for the next week. Ten minutes. What you'll discover that as you condition your body, mind, and chemistry to take control of destiny, you'll begin to manifest itself when you need it most, this conditioning, this power. You know, I'll make a confession to you. Often when I'm about to present, especially the powerful, like very powerful, like very wealthy, successful people, I experience a flash of terror, <laughs> absolute terror. I think about how much they've achieved, what they know, and how high their expectations are, not just of uh, themselves, but even of me. And on those occasions, I have to revisit previous presentations where I excelled in order to gather the courage and the self-belief to do it again. I continually dip into the best parts of my past to guarantee myself an outstanding future. And on the other hand, I've made a point of forgetting those parts I just don't wish to remember. So there you have it. This week, take control of your destiny. Begin conditioning for yourself the muscles, the faith, and the conviction to ensure that you are aligning your body, mind, and chemistry to really get great at taking control and ownership over what lies ahead. Rest back to you. Whew, you're on fire today, Rich. Oh, I know. That's what happens when you have an espresso just before the call. <laughs> Two, you had a double, didn't you? You better believe it, buddy. I'll have what he's having, a famous <laughs> quote from a movie. <laughs> wow, what a wonderful, wonderful story you shared with everybody. And I'll tell you what, Rich, you definitely are raising the bar for everyone at the office, part of the team, and also for all the RAIN partners as well. So thank you very much for that. Hey, it's, a, it's an absolute blessing. Thank you, Russ. 
And Rain Partners, thank you very much for your time and attention on the call today. Remember, there are experts standing on, uh, on call here at the Rain office. If you have any questions whatsoever about what you've learned in the Rain Mastery Program or real estate specific investing questions, call our office at 1 824 7346. I'm Russell Westcott from the Real Estate Investment Network signing off, wishing you a masterful week. Bye for now, everyone. Thanks for listening and engaging with the Real Estate Insider Podcast, a bold look at reality. Share the reality.